Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Open up your Bible to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. I love the Gospel of Mark because it must be written by a Puerto Rican. It's straight to the point. Okay, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew is 28 chapters. He just talks on and on and on. But Mark, 16 chapters. You, 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 want, to, you want to hear the life story of Jesus? Read it in the, the Gospel of Mark. It's short. It's to the point. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 says this. One day some parents. Any parents out there, give me a wave. Awesome. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Amen. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus. Let's stop right there. That's a sermon in itself. You did something good this morning. You got out of bed in the rain. You fought the traffic. You, you got your kids. There was a miracle. You got your kids in the car. You got here just in time, maybe a little bit late. You might have even had a fight with your spouse. It doesn't matter. You got here. But you know what? It is awesome when we bring our kids to Jesus. And I want to encourage all the parents here today. I want to encourage the grandparents here today. You know what? There's nothing greater example you can set than bringing your children to the house of God. Not just saying it with your lips, but prioritising God's house on the first day of the week. You did something good. Bring in your kids to the household of faith this morning. Amen. Come on, let's honour all the parents here this morning. Fathers here, the mothers here this morning. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, he placed his hand on their heads, and he blessed them. I love this scripture, because it's quite evident here that Jesus prioritizes children. That he, the children, are important to God. I'm so glad you're a part of the church here at Brave Miami that, that prioritizes children. That's got, right now, there's a whole lot of children's programs happening in this church because this church believes in investing in the next generation. There's kids workers out there. They sowing the scriptures in your kid's life, sharing the love of Christ with your kids. So when you sign your kids out of children's church today, give them a high five, thank them, slip them a 20, bless them because they're serving the next generation while you're here enjoying church, okay? But you know, I don't believe that God's just speaking that he wants to bless children, although that's important. It shows us that he said, bring them to me. He put them on his knee. He put his hand on the head. He blessed them. That speaks to me of intimacy. But God, Christ also speaks here about an attitude, a heart of children. He says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. The disciples said, no, he's too busy. He's too important to speak to these children. And Jesus rebuked them and said, no, you let them come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these, people with a childlike faith. So I don't believe just Jesus was talking about little children. He was also talking about to his children. Because who knows in this room today, we're all his sons and daughters. Whether you're 85 or 25, you're a child of God. You're a son and daughter of the king. Because all of us are young compared to God. He's the ancient of days, all right? And you know what? All of us are God's children in this place. So God's speaking to us. There's attitudes. There is the simplicity of a child in its faith that God loves. And we've got to remember ourselves this morning. We are all God's children. One day some parents brought the children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to the child. will never ever like these children. 
I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, he placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them. I love that phrase in the scripture. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, those with a childlike faith. Jesus says to the disciples, don't you stop those children coming to me because they're coming to me in faith, in the simplicity of heart. God's not interested in our knowledge. God's not interested in our pride. God's not interested in our self-sufficiency. He wants each one of us, because we're all God's children, to continually come to Him with a childlike faith. Notice it says childlike, not childish. There's a big difference between being childish, come on parents, to being childlike. We've all seen our children be childish. Ever taken a toddler to a supermarket and you said no to that confectionery and suddenly that child that was smiling, suddenly he's howling and screaming and crying, I want that thing, I want... And you, you just walk away disowning that child, okay? That's childish. But you know, as God's children, we can be like that with God. God doesn't, things don't work out the way we plan and we can get angry with God. We can do a tantrum with God. God, you don't love me. Where are you, God? You don't care about me. And we do a big tantrum. God doesn't want us to be childish. God wants us to be childlike, a simplicity of heart. When when you have a simplicity of childlike faith, the Bible says here in the scripture, you inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these, those with a childlike faith. So all of us in this room this morning are God's children. So there's some attributes about children. There's some characteristics about children that God wants to remind us as adult children, which will bring favour to our lives. So if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Number one, the characteristics, the attributes that God loves about children is this. Number one, children don't believe in limits. Come on. You've had children. Children love to press the boundaries. Teenagers love to press the boundaries. Little children love to press the boundaries. You say, little Johnny, don't you walk out past that gate. Because there's a busy road out there. You walk inside, then Johnny walks up to the gate. He's just pushing the boundaries. Kids love to push. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about. They're doing it all the time. They're pushing how far they can go. Have you ever tried to put a 10-year-old to sleep? They invite every kind of excuse. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to go to the bathroom. My brother did this. And you're trying to get these kids to sleep. It takes two hours because they're pushing the boundaries. Children don't believe in limits. Children have yet to be programmed to society's expectations. Little children especially. Have you noticed little children say what they feel? Even at the most inappropriate moments. I remember one time I was at my elementary floor. I got two boys and it was an elementary graduation service. At an elementary primary school, there was 2,000 parents in the building. And people don't really care about other people's children. They just want to see their kid on the stage for 30 seconds, get your photo with a certificate. Come on, be honest out there. You don't care about the, the year seven, the grade three violin concerto. You, you just want to see your kid get it and you want to get out of that place, you know, go home. So sure enough, we're going through all the awards and it was a long night. It just went on and on and on. It was like a mini series, you know. And then the principal got up to speak and I think he wanted to be a pastor because he spoke a long time and the crowds all getting restless, all these 2,000 parents in this room. And then suddenly my four-year-old son stands up and shouts, so boring, so boring, so boring, I want to go home. Everyone looks at us. All the parents are like, what kind of terrible parents are you? And we're like, who is this child? We've never seen this kid before, you know. And they're like, Sam, sit down. Here's an iPad. Here's an iPhone. Be quiet. Shh. You know, and so the service goes on. The principal keeps talking. He keeps talking. He keeps talking. And then about 10 minutes later, Sam stands up again. 
boring, 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 the most boring night of my life. I want to go home. And then all the crowd started clapping and cheering. Because he was saying what they were thinking. Because children don't believe in limits. They do things at the most inappropriate moments. I want to encourage you today. You're God's child. And you know what? God doesn't want any limits to be in your life. What are you telling God right now that he cannot do in your life? As a child of God, well, God, I don't think, he, I don't think we can ever afford to buy a house here in Miami for our family. You're telling God, and God's the God of the impossible. God's the God of the miraculous. God's children don't believe in limits. Well, God, I've been prayed for, for that healing altar call many times. Have received, maybe, maybe you just want me to live with this sickness. And we, we limit God every day of our life. God's children don't believe in limits. There's a pastor in our city, and he loves to fish. Every Monday after church, he's an older gentleman in his late 60s, and he goes out in a small boat on a freshwater lake. And this one morning he was telling me, he was fishing all morning, he did not catch one thing, not even a bite on his bait. But what was even more frustrating is another boat down, and there was another senior citizen, he was catching fish all morning. That made the pastor even more frustrated. But what was even more frustrating for the pastor, he was catching nothing. That boat was catching heaps of fish. But what was even more frustrating is the guy was keeping the small fish and throwing the big fish back. This was like just so frustrating for this pastor. So afterwards in the car park where the boats were, he walked up to the man and said, Hey, I saw you. Why did you keep the small fish? Oh, they were biting. I got so many fish. He said, I've just got one question. Why did you keep the small fish and throw back the big fish? He says, I've only got a 12-inch frying pan. Get a bigger frying pan. Some of us, God's saying, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want you to go to college. I want you to have a bigger family. I want you to prosper in your business. And you say, God, I can't. I can't. I got. I've only got a 12-inch frying pan. God says, come on. Let's go to Home Depot. Let's get a big one. 30-inch, 40-inch, 50-inch. God wants to increase your capacity. God doesn't believe in limits. We're going to get a bigger mindset. We're going to get a bigger spirit. We keep telling God, you can't do this. No, God wants to steamroll that. God wants to say, come on, I'm the God of more than enough. I can do all things through your life. I want to tell you, there's no limits to this church. You say, yes, Pastor Paul, there is. We've got limited seating, we've got limited parking. Yeah, but God sees a bigger picture for Brave's future. He's not limited by this building. He's not limited by the economy. He's not limited by the local county. God is God. He doesn't believe in limits. What does the Bible say? No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no heart or mind is conceived. What God has planned for those who love Him. Anyone love Christ here at Brave Church this morning? Well, there's scriptures for you. God wants to take the limits off your mind, the limits off your heart. God wants to give you a bigger frying pan. Turn to your neighbour and say, I want a bigger frying pan. One day some parents brought the children to Jesus so He could touch and bless them. The disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry at the disciples. He said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed his hand on their heads and he blessed them. The second characteristic that God loves about children is this. His children believe that their father's resource is never ending. My kids think I'm a billionaire. My kids think I'm a bank. My kids think my name is Paul Wells Fargo Geeling. Come on, you know what it's like. 
children us, teenagers us. Some of you got adult children still putting their hand out for money. Come on, parents. My kids think I'm their provider of their food, their clothing, their entertainment, their shelter, their resource, their schooling, their entertainment. They believe that my resource is never ending. My children don't believe there's any limit to their father's resource. Well, guess what? In this room this morning, we are God's children. And we've got to have the same attitude towards our Heavenly Father, that our Heavenly Father is a God of what? Never-ending resource. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God, which is the same God as in Australia that's here in Miami, shall supply some of your needs, all of your needs, according to your bank account. No, no. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I love this scripture. God's got more than enough. He just doesn't own the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills as well. God's got resource in abundance. God can do amazing things in your personal finances, but also in this church so it can impact the city and beyond for the glory of God. I want to encourage you today. You've got to believe for more. The Father's resource is never ending. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that your Heavenly Father's resource is never ending for your family? Come on. Do you believe that the Father's resource is never ending for this church, Brave Miami, to impact the city? Because I'm telling you, He's got resource. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You know, when we started our church 15 years ago in Brisbane, we started in a movie cinema with 23 people and we are growing slowly and people getting saved. And, and oh man, my, my faith was so small to believe for things. I, I, I had limits on all my thinking. My parents weren't wealthy people. They were never good with money. So I was growing and learning about resource and faith in these things. And, and I didn't believe that my father's resource was never any. I was the pastor. And I remember after the first year, we'd save some money as a church. Thought maybe we can't buy a building. Maybe we could buy a house. And we could put the office of the church in the house and have some leadership meetings in there, some music practice and... And this house was on this busy road opposite Kentucky Fried Chicken. And it, had, it was the ugliest house. It had a double-story house, blue garage doors, blue architrave, blue roof. It was an ugly house. And I'd pray every year. I'd go past and say, Lord, that's our house. And the Lord said, you're, you're, too, you're believing too small. You're thinking too small. Is that all you're believing for? That's not going to touch the city. I, I still drive past that place. It's still on the corner when I take my kids to school. And God reminds me how small my thinking was. Because God's a God of never-ending resource. Hallelujah. In the, he's a good God. In the last seven years, we've been given over $18 million worth of property in Australia, in churches right across the nation. Our God could do amazing things. I'm telling you, there's business people here today, and you've been struggling in this season because of unpaid accounts. Not 14 days, 21 days, 90 days, 100 days. And it's crippling the cash flow of your business. I I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I speak release over your business. And I pray that God will pay you back double for the devil's trouble in your life. Amen. But we've got to believe that our God's a God of resource. He's a never-ending resource. If you're unemployed today, I'm believing God's going to provide a job for you at a good rate to bring blessing to your family so you can go forward. If you're believing for a property for your family, we're going to believe together for a house that God can provide for you, if you're believing for a vehicle for your family, we can believe those, but I'm telling you, most of all, I'm believing for resource overflowing for Brave Miami, so we can reach more people every year in our church, we take up a breakthrough offering, next week when I go home, it's Breakthrough Sunday we've been doing this for 15 years, always we ask the church, 
Pray and ask God what you can give above your tithe and breakthrough offering. And it accelerates the vision of our church. We've been able to purchase property, plant churches in different nations, do all kinds of things. One of my campus pastors one day was saying to the Lord, to the congregation, four weeks time congregation, pray and ask God what you can sow into the miracle breakthrough offering. And as he's saying it, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Because his wife was about to turn 30. This pastor, he's a golfing fanatic. I don't like golf, he loves golf. And so sure enough, he, he thought he would take his wife for her 30th birthday to Vietnam on a golfing holiday because that's what she would love. That's what he was challenging the church. And so sure enough, he'd been saving four or $5,000 in his account. And, and as he's challenging the church, the Holy Spirit says, you need to get that secret savings account, put it all in the breakthrough offering. He's like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> every week, he challenged the church. Church, I want you to pray and ask God what you give in the offering. And every week, the Holy Spirit says, put all that secret savings account in the offering. Then finally, the Sunday before the breakthrough, he's driving home with his wife from church. His wife says, you know, Matt, you know that secret savings account that I'm not supposed to know about? So you've got to understand, husbands out there, father, son, Holy Spirit, wife. Ford person of the Trinity right there, okay? So you know that secret savings account? I, 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 God told me today, we need to put it all in the miracle offering, breakthrough offering next week. He's like, oh. So the next week, they sowed that breakthrough offering. About four weeks later, he gets a phone call. Is this Pastor Matthew Hunt? He goes, yeah. He said, you, are you a member of the Australian Golf Digest magazine? He said, yeah, I love that magazine. He said, you've just won two business class airfares, the Mission Hill Resort, Sheraton Resort, China golf course, and $4,000 of the pink golfing gear. He's like, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. He shall supply all my needs <laughs> according to the rich. I'm telling you, God's amazing. Yes. He can do all things in your life. Our God is a God of never-ending resource. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Third thing is this, taking notes this morning. Attributes and characters that God loves about children is this. Children never stop asking. They're relentless in wearing parents down. I mean, when my boys were little, my wife said, take the youngest to the supermarket, get me these things. And then my wife spoke to me in such a condescending tone. She said, don't give him any chocolate. I was insulted that she questioned my incredible parenting abilities. I said, I'm 40. This kid is four. I can handle this. She says, don't give him a chocolate. Well, when you get to the supermarket, it's designed all the confectionery and candy for four-year-olds. It's about this high. So we get down the first aisle. I want a chocolate. I want a chocolate. Luke, I am your father. No chocolate. Second aisle. Third aisle. Fourth aisle. After about four, he asks for a chocolate 10 times, 100 times. I'm like, here, have a chocolate. Have 10. Just don't tell your mother. Kids are relentless in asking and wear you down. The Bible says it this way. We have not because we... Come on. We have not because we... When did you stop asking God? When did you stop praying and believing for that thing that you've been asking for for so long? Some people here today, a word for you is delay is not denial. It may have taken a lot longer, but if God spoke it, it will come to pass. If you keep on believing and you keep on asking. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. For you parents... If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, if you sinful parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? 
Some of you got to go home today and start praying. And don't ask for things you can do in your own strength. Pray some outrageous prayers, some audacious prayers, some impossible prayers, some scary prayers. God wants to receive that in your life. When did you stop expecting? When did you stop praying? When did you stop asking? Come on, stir yourself up. The promises of God are yes and amen. God is not a man that he should lie. So if he gave you that dream, if he gave you that word, I'm telling you, it will come to pass if you're faithful to him. We'll still do a quiz here. Raise your hand if God's ever answered a prayer in your life. Wow, what an amazing God. Raise your hand, church, if God's ever healed your body. Wow, what an amazing God. Raise your hand if God's ever financially provided for you. Wow, what an amazing God. Raise your hand if God's ever given you direction for major life decisions. Wow. Raise your hand if God's ever protected you from danger or your own stupidity. And we still doubt it. You have not because you asked not. I'm telling you, my kids, even when they don't deserve it, when they ask for things, I still give it to them because I love them. Your heavenly Father loves you this morning. The devil's trying to deceive you. Stop asking. You're not worthy. I'm telling you, you're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the Son, Jesus Christ. You can come boldly to the throne and ask God through His grace for provision, for health, for miracles, for jobs. I'm telling you, God loves you. You are His child. Fourth thing this morning, take your notes. Children are incredible learners, especially little kids. They're sponges for new experiences and new knowledge. I want to encourage you, as a believer, there's, we, can, we can continually learn in life. We can learn in a marriage. We can learn to be better parents. We can learn to be better disciples. That's why you need to sign up for Encounter Weekend this weekend. Because we can learn new things. Every day we can get into the Word. Every t- we're going to come this weekend in the presence of God. It's going to be phenomenal. You need to sign up today in the foyer, in the lobby for Encounter Weekend. Why? Because I want a learning spirit. I'm never too old to learn more about God, experience more of Him in my life. When I was a youth pastor many years ago, very large church, and uh, I, I used to conduct teenage youth on Friday night. And we had this old pastor come every Friday night. You see, having a learning spirit is not about age. You can meet young people that are close to new experiences and meet old people that have got a young spirit, wanting to have new experiences in their life. And this pastor, his name was Pastor Tommy. He'd come to youth on a Friday night. It didn't matter the new music was so loud because he was a bit deaf anyway. But Pastor Tommy was in his 90s. He said, Pastor Tommy, you shouldn't be a youth. You should be in the seniors program. He'd go, I'm not going to the seniors program. There's old people there. He's 90. When he was 90 years of age, he was diagnosed with certain cataracts that could not be operated on. And the doctor said, Pastor Tommy, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to go blind within the next 12 months. You're not going to be able to read. Therefore, you're going to have to not be able to preach. You have to slow down. You have to change your lifestyle. Pastor Tommy refused to listen to that advice. And at 90 years of age, he enrolled himself in the Royal South Australian School of Blind. And at 90 years of age, he learned how to read Braille with his fingers. So he could keep on reading the Bible and keep on preaching the gospel every Sunday. That is a learning spirit in life. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning. always something new you can learn. There's always something more you can grow about. That's why Encounter Weekend is so important. That's why coming to church every week is important. So I've heard all those messages. Well, no, you haven't. 
God's got something. The Bible limitations is his, his, his mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. But you, but you can, you can, you got to have a learning spirit in your heart, a learning spirit in life. God's a God of new experiences. You know, I think God loves it when we step out and do things for the first time, new things, step out in faith. You know, I think the first time you heard Amazing Grace, God was moved. But over the last 300 years, I think He loves that song. He goes, hey guys, can you be, can you write something new for me? I like new things, be creative. I've heard it a few times. You understand what I'm saying? God's a God of new things, of new seasons, of new opportunities. I believe if you come and join this church in the last 24 months, now I'm telling you, you need to be ready. Don't bring your past experience into this house. Thank God for that. But God's got a season of new beginnings in this church. I said this in the first service. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. You say, I've seen everything. No, no, you haven't seen what God's going to do in Brave Miami. So I've heard everything before in tonight. You haven't heard the things Pastor David's going to preach for this platform. He said, no, I've seen, no, you, you, your mind and your heart can't conceive the great revival that God wants to bring in this house and be salt and light to this city. Can I hear you an amen this morning? I'll close with this. I grew up in a town with 2,000 people, 10,000 cows. No traffic lights in my town. My parents, my, my parents were immigrants from Europe after the war. They were refugees for a season. And they just embraced everything about Australia, the freedom, the food, everything. And I've got two brothers. We're all over six foot. Because every night my mum used to cook meat, three vegetables. Pile that food up high. Monday night, steak, three vegetables. Tuesday night, sausage, three vegetables. Wednesday night, lamb, three vegetables. We just eat this simple food. If you come to church on a Sunday, my mum would feed our family and 20 other people. Come on, it's an open house. Come in. She'd just feed everybody. She loved to cook and she was just good, hearty, country cooking. But then when I came to college and I came to the city, I started dating this girl, Jo, who became my wife. Her grandparents had been missionaries in India for 50 years. So I came to lunch after church the first Sunday when I was dating her. And I said, I don't recognize this food. What is this? It's not meat-free veg. So what is this? She goes, this is curry. As I looked at it, sweat began to come on my brow. I said, what is this food? As I ate it, oh my goodness, the heat of that food. I love Indian food. Now I, I just eat Indian food all the time. I, I go to church and I go there twice a year. I just take me to the food. I love hot curry. And then the next weekend, I'm down there for lunch after church again. The family says, hey, today we're going to have Mexican food. I said, what's Mexican food? Never had Mexican food. Oh, now I, the fajitas. I love Mexican food, man. I love eating that food now. I just, it's just fantastic. It's awesome. And then the next week, he said, hey, we're going to go and have some Thai food. I said, what's Thai food? Never had Thai food before. And we went out, and then it was Italian food. And then I just had all these new experiences. It was incredible. Now, does that mean what I grew up on was wrong? No. I go home every Christmas, mum, meat, three veg. And she feeds us. But there's new experiences. Today, I want to have some Cuban food. I'm, I'm up in Miami. I'm going to try something new in this place, okay? But God's got a new experience. Maybe this weekend, God says, you know what? You need a fresh touch in your life. Sign up for encounter. I've got a new experience. I'm going to get you to see something, a word you've never seen before. I'm going to grow your spirit because we're going to be a church that keeps on learning, keeps on growing. Because this city needs mature Christians. Your workplace needs mature Christians. It needs disciples so we can disciple others. And you're a child of God. And I'm telling you, don't ever get tired of new experiences in the kingdom. Amen. Get everyone bow their head and close their eyes all over this place. I've got about another 18 points, but I'll come back another time. I want to encourage you today. There's people here today. 
if you were to be honest, you'd say, Pastor Paul, I've been saying God can't do certain things in my life. I've been limiting God. I've been limiting God. Or maybe because of the words of others who have over you. Those negative words are limiting what you can believe. And God says, come on, child, take the limits off. I'm a God that can do all things. Through Christ, I can do all things. Not for your own strength, but through Christ. And He wants to take the limits off this morning. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor Paul, I need some limitations off my mind, off my heart, off my spirit. Just raise your hand all over this place. We're going to pray in just a moment. Awesome. There's other people here today. Put your hand down. Say, Pastor Paul, right now, I need a financial breakthrough in my family. I need a job. I need a breakthrough in my business. I need something. But I'm, I'm encouraging you today. Your father's resource is never ending. And it's your mindset and faith towards him that's going to change. You're going to throw out that 12-inch frying pan. And you're saying, God, whatever you want, I want to receive it in the name of Jesus. Okay? If that's you this morning, just quickly raise your hand all over this place. All over this Thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people. The third group I want to talk to this morning is those who say, you know what? Uh, I've stopped praying. I've stopped asking. I got discouraged. I, I just, it took too long. And some of you, especially with unsaved kids, kids away from the Lord, it's breaking your heart. And you know, you love them, but I want to tell you, God loves more than you do. And those prodigal sons and daughters, they belong to the household of faith. And God's stirring up this morning. Come on, believe, believe. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to believe. There's some of you, it's promises over your business or promises to have kids or pro- whatever it may be. God's stirring up that gift with you. You say yes and amen to what God has spoken in your life. And lastly, that's you. Just, just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm going to keep on asking. I feel stirring in my spirit to get into prayer and agreement. So yes, God, that's you also. I love this place. Church, can we stand up? I feel like this place. We're going to pray over these people right now. We're going to declare as God. I don't want to be the only person praying. If you can pray in that language of the Spirit, why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, come on, if you raise your hand, lift them up towards God and surrender to Him. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We are your children here today. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We belong to you. And Lord God, we say, take the limits of our thinking. Take the limits of our spirit. Let us not be stunted in our spiritual man, Lord God. But let us grow. Lord, I pray today for the Father's never-ending resource to be open. Lord, you said in your word, if we bring our tie into the storehouse, you will open the windows of heaven over us, Lord God. Bring blessing. Bring favor. Lord, to those who need this. For those who have been downcast, Lord, let faith rise up in their spirit to pray, to believe, to ask of you, God, to ask for miracles, to ask for breakthrough, God. Let there be testimonies of salvation, of finances, of healing, God, because, Lord, we've been bold enough to pray and believe in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you give God a shout of praise? Can you thank Him right now? Hallelujah. Maybe this place you say, Pastor Paul, I'm not a Christian. I've never invited Jesus to my heart. You know, God sent a pastor from Australia 14,000 miles to pray this prayer for you. That's how much he loves you. In fact, if you're the only person on planet Earth, I believe Jesus Christ will come and die on the cross and rose again for you. He knows your name. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. You say, Pastor Paul, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. Nobody is. Just come as you are. You say, how do I become a Christian? You just pray a prayer. What's a prayer? It's having a conversation with God. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that He was risen from the dead, you will be saved. That's how simple it is to begin a relationship with Jesus. You're going to invite Him into your heart. Or maybe today, you're away from God. You're a million miles away from God. You're a prodigal son. You're a prodigal daughter. But God will service. He's been knocking on the door of your heart saying, come on, daughter. Come on, son. I love you. Father's arms, arms are open to you. So everyone bow their head, close their eyes.
or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.